You're listening to. And you're listening to the Collabcast, a podcast about pop culture and the creative life from an Asian American perspective. And hey everyone, welcome back to the Collabcast. This is episode 116. What? It's Friday, April the 21st, 2017. I think it's, what, day 99 of the Resistance? Somewhere around there. We're almost to 100 days. I can't. I can't. But we've reached 116, which is kind of ridiculous. Yeah. And um, we have an amazing guest today, which I'm so excited to get introduced. Joining us this week is one of the stars of the new Netflix series, 13 Reasons Why. It's Michelle Celine Ong. How's it going? Hello. Hi. Welcome to the show. Thank you. You're joining us live from from New York, right? Coming from New York? Yes, from Brooklyn, New York. Yeah, Brooklyn. Through the magic of the internet. Brooklyn. <laughs> we thank technology for this conversation to be <laughs> happening and recorded. It's awesome. Yeah. How's it going over there? It's going good. I'm excited to be back home. Excited to be talking to you guys. I apparently just miss like the really nice, you know, sunny 60 degree weather. It's like a bit cloudy now, but it'll it'll bounce back. So Right. It's like the New York spring is pretty short, right? You guys get into summer pretty quickly over there. Yeah, there really is only like, I think, two weeks where the weather is just perfect and then it becomes scorching. So I'm just going to enjoy it while I can. Awesome. We're already starting weather talk. This episode's going great. (laughs) The weather is such an easy like black hole. We just get right into it and then start discussing all the different climates of everywhere. Well, um, 13 Reasons Why is... A big thing right now. Everyone's talking about it. Minji's watched. Um, have you finished the series yet? I'm on episode six. Okay, I haven't watched it yet, but Michelle's mm-hmm. gone. Michelle's come up on my radar because of uh, her rocking our friend Will Choi's T-shirt from Asian AF, uh, which she's wearing right now. We saw this because we were I, I got to see her. She's wearing it now. Nice. I should have worn mine. I know. Should have planned this. For, it would have been perfect for this audio medium. We could have taken a Skype Show. selfie, something or other, <laughs> with my phone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we were supposed to have Will Choi with us too to uh, talk about how the craziness of having the Michelle Ong boost. Mm. But um, guys, getting work right now, so can't complain. <laughs> yeah, he's too busy <laughs> being a star. Too busy <laughs> getting auditions. Work mm-hmm. that will work it. <laughs> I know. Not even but bad. <laughs> <laughs> um, but we're, we're going to talk more about Thirteen Reasons Why and about Michelle's career um, and art. Uh, after the break, but before we get there, we start off every show with a roundtable discussion where we talk about what's on our minds in the world of pop culture and Asian America. Um, this week, why don't we start with Minji? Because she um, just, just came arrived. back from I'm like Detroit. Still jet lag- no, I'm the collaboration. So for, for those of you who don't know, collaboration, um, our bread and butter is a series of talent showcases taking place across the nation where we discover young up and coming talent. Um, they get entered in the competition to hopefully come to LA for our finale showcase in November. That series kicked off this past Friday at Collaboration Detroit. Which was in Lansing, Michigan. Mm -hmm. Um, Which is crazy. I'm going back to Michigan next week for my little brother's graduation. So I feel like I should have stayed there. Yeah, you should have stayed. Had an extended (laughs) trip, but 
I don't know. It's always that bittersweet thing. Like, I got to go back to L.A. Um, <laughs> I love traveling. Um, so I guess my, my thing is just kind of quick recap. Uh, Collaboration Detroit was awesome. It was actually my first time. It was our fifth annual show. The first time I've gone, which is horrible. Um which I'm owning up to publicly on this podcast. <laughs> and um, it was just really fun because we had six finalists, a couple guest performers, we had a dance crew, and then the K-pop Star 5 winner, uh, Lisa Jung, who's so wonderful, and she's uh, from Chicago originally. She auditioned for a collaboration in Chicago and didn't get in because of her schedule. Mm-hmm. And I was like, there's no way they would have turned you down. Um, but uh, got to meet her, see them perform, and uh, we have a win- uh, winner, Matt Kong, who's so swoon worthy and like I don't know I just had a really fun time hanging out with like college students I felt extremely old yeah um collab Detroit is one of our college total focused um teams like we have have teams that are more young professionals um our Detroit team is more um college students but there's a huge Asian population in the Detroit East Lansing which Michigan I learned area. and yeah. I d- didn't know so I got to see it up close and personal and it was at uh, Michigan State my little brother goes to Umich so I like visited Ann Arbor so I was like all over Michigan within a 40 hour period is that what they call it Umich Umich Ann Arbor I don't know whatever <laughs> Mich- I don't know <laughs> Try to learn the lingo. Um, but yeah, I felt it, it was really, really fun. So I just want to give a shout out to the Detroit team, to Matt uh, for winning, which is exciting. And and Michelle, actually, I was curious. This one, we'd like, I have so many questions that I want to get to know you about. Are you from the East Coast or? No, I grew up in the Bay Area, actually, in San Francisco. Yeah. Yeah. Another one of you guys. Yeah. Are you from the Ugh. Bay Area? <laughs> one of my kind, yes. Yeah. And I'm very vocal about that. Yeah, me too. I'm very proud to be. <laughs> We're in the Bay. This is our favorite question. We're um, in the Bay. Okay, yeah. So it's I grew up in Fairfield, which is um, closer to Napa. Fairfield. It's like 20 minutes away from Napa, an hour from the city proper. So, yeah, just like North. a bit of ways okay. away. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah Fairfield. Um, I grew up in Cupertino in South Bay, and then I grew up in Pleasanton, so East Bay. So like half and half. Bay Area. Yes. Okay, so this is like, yeah. so have you guys, both? either of you guys gone to the Midwest or like experienced that? I mean, I've been to Chicago. Yeah. I think that's the um, totality of my Midwest experience. <laughs> It's Chicago. It's Chicago, yes. What about you, Michelle? No, now that you mention it, I, I don't think I have. Okay. Yeah, it's just such a different universe. Um, mm-hmm. And my question, I was like interviewing a lot of our finalists, like how has it been, like has it been different? I think our assumption, like people live on the coasts or like in major metropolitan areas, you don't really consider like Michigan as, but it is, it's like there's, Detroit is huge, you yeah. know, and um, but yeah, I was just kind of like asking the questions. I was like, is it diverse out here? They're like, yeah. And they're all college students. So they're like, I haven't had any identity things really. The ones that I spoke to anyway. Um, but one of the funny things that came up was differentiating K-pop cause like they're young and they're really excited about it. But I was like, but do you identify it as that as a representation of you? That mm-hmm. was one question that came up multiple times and they're all like, no, but it's fun and they like yeah. it. Um, but yeah. I imagine it's like the same allure of EDM music where it's like, oh, it's a catchy beat. doesn't really matter what they say because <laughs> like um, I've, there's a lot of these like videos going around where like kind of pointing out that EDM lyrics are trash, which is like, uh, duh. Yeah, it's kind of. Some of them, yeah. 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 
Are you an EDM fan, Michelle? <laughs> we, we gotta um, be like... Not, not, not so much. No, I'm more of a <laughs> hip hop. You're the only one here, girl. Minji. Like okay. words really matter to me. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, no, you're so right. Like with EDM, like you don't. It's you know electronic. Like it's not about the words at all. It's not a sort of, yeah. It's not about lyrics. It's about it's the, the jumping up and, and down. The vibe. The, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So it was really cool, and I felt like I was trying to like reach out. And it's funny because we're we're all Asian Americans, but I felt this like generational divide because I was just like, oh, I remember when I was in college at Berkeley, and it was well, just I mean, such at a this different. Point, it was like almost ten years for you. Oh, shut up! More than Don't... ten years for me. <laughs> Why are you aging me? Um, but hey, you turned thirty on this podcast. You announced it. Very true. I made a whole hoopla about it. Um, but it was just really interesting to kind of have this for me this cultural experience well i mean i've been to the midwest a ton and i visited my brother michigan but like to be in the midst of like asian american organizations like the frat kids and like the casas that like all the different asian american orgs which i used to be part of when i was in college it's so different (laughs) like there's like a, a familiarity but it's also really Uniquely, like their generation. So, was it mostly uh, MSU kids, or yeah, it was mostly MSU. And th- were are they so? I imagine are they mostly local? Then were they are they from the area? Or are they from some of them? All yeah, over? they're like from Troy, Michigan, which is apparently like a huge Asian population there. Um, and I, I got schooled on a lot of things. It was really <laughs> yeah, it was really interesting. And then like so, it's Troy, Detroit. Um, so they they were just like yeah, I grew up with tons of Chinese, Korean, like everybody. Yeah. Like, oh, okay. Yeah. I'm sure there was a lot that came during like the 1980s and you know, when everyone's coming for school. But you mind in you, Michigan, these right? are all 90s babies. Yeah, well, I mean all the grad, all the grad <laughs> students that came. Like, yeah, you know, because um, yeah. I have a lot of friends, like especially um, in the Bay Area, too. Like all the all the parents that came to go to Stanford or go work in Silicon Valley, <laughs> like those are the parents of our friends from like the Cupertino, San Jose area. Yeah, yeah, know? yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Well, Michelle, you're a 90s baby, right? Yes, 94. Oh my god! Oh my god! Did I just I just aged myself? Yeah, yeah. Not not in the bad way. No, you're just making us feel like super old. Not yet. No, and it's funny that's near my brother's age. You're like a year older than my brother, and I Mm. I love it. It's just I I think I don't know. I just like I'm so happy slash a little bit envious because they're so comfortable with themselves compared to like our generation where there's like a lot more self-consciousness i feel like well i mean and i'm sure we'll talk about this more later on with michelle but um there's a lot more to look forward to too in, in terms of media like there are things that are just just are right now that weren't when we were right. growing up exactly. right <laughs> exactly. i mean being really cryptic here but you know like things that you're able to enjoy now because of you know People who like because of what PK did for collaboration before us, and because of you know YouTube and Wang Fu and all these other the, people. That's, that's yeah. you hit the nail on the head. I think there is like this general sense of like I, I. It's great to see the results of the people that we look up to and the people that came before us because it's literally that effort of improving representation. To me, the right. way I felt after coming back. And being right. with kids a decade younger than me, I was like, it's paying off. Yeah. Because they don't give a shit. They're just like doing they, their thing. And they may not even know. Like they may not even feel it, but it's definitely it's it's different. Yeah. Right? I like want to go to my elders and be like, Good job, guys. <laughs> you guys did good. And uh, Michelle, I'm like, I'm so dying to like just interview you and get to know. Like, where <laughs> did you go to school in the Bay? Or did you go to school no. in New York? Well, I, I went to high school in San Francisco. So oh, okay. I, I yeah I went to the school of the arts the Ruth Asawa School of the Arts, um, for theater yeah as a, a 
magnet school for the arts and I went for theater. Um, so I spent four years studying that over there and it was, it was amazing. Like my high school experience was pretty golden. Nice. Yeah. I love hearing that. Yeah. It's like, it's not as the same as the angsty stuff, but I know, know, right. You're just like, Oh, high school's terrible. And I mean, yeah, it wasn't perfect, but it wasn't, you know, horrible. So. It wasn't awful. Like yeah. It wasn't school. awful. <laughs> I had a unique high school experience. Yeah, I mean, you had a, had a <laughs> double life. Someone should write a write a show about that. I am. Um, <laughs> yes, yes. Awesome. Um, great. Anything else you wanted to talk say about Detroit? Um, just I love the Midwest, hearts, nature. Right. Uh, you happiness. took spirit there. How was that? I took. Oh, I hate spirit, but it wasn't <laughs> united. <clears throat> oh, okay. But no, yeah, it was the worst, Segway. and I did a redder. Segway. Very segue. But that literally Minji was what I put now, in, I put that in my Instagram story. I was really? like, it's not united. <laughs> Two years later, Minji becomes a pro segue person on pretty much on podcasts by calling it out. I learned it. <laughs> <laughs> um, I've been studying. All right. I guess we'll go into my topic then, which is I, I, I want to talk a little bit, little bit because um, we recorded last week's episode really early, like right before the whole. <laughs> right when it yeah, was all coming right apart. Right when it was. The United thing was all happening. So um wanted to at least talk about it a little bit on this podcast in case people were wondering what our takes on it were. Um, but basically, most of you probably know by now unless you don't have internet or don't have friends to talk about it. Um, but last week, early last week, uh, a Asian man um, named David Dow, Dr. David Dow, was forcibly removed from his seat on a United flight because they were trying to make room for because one of their employees, right? And, you know, um, usually when this happens, they try to get volunteers. And we'll give you $500 credit if you go on a later flight. Or I'll give you 800 And apparently they wouldn't go over 1000 So they decided to invoke um, company policy, which is they have the right to revoke your seat. Mm-hmm. By, like, not by force, but like... Well, now. <laughs> yeah. But because they called airport security, it was done with force. So I just wanted to... Um, I don't know. I don't. I don't want to dwell too much Excessive on it. Excessive force. Yeah, but right. But yeah, you have, like, you kind of kind of have to talk about it, like at least a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I mean, the, here's the thing. Like these days with with cell phone videos, like you can't. This kind of stuff can't be um, like hidden anymore, right? Like. Well, that's been. We. I feel like we've been in that for a while at this point. Yeah. Which is silly to say. Like anything that is done in a any sort of public space you can assume is being recorded somehow, mm-hmm. somewhere. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So first of all, if you're not checking yourself at this point <laughs> in 2017, hi, welcome. Um, <laughs> and uh, I just get so mad. Like yeah. the video, it was just really upsetting to see I, it posted. Yeah. I couldn't watch it. Like I couldn't watch it. I, I so, saw, you know, I saw the screen, this, what is it? The, just like a picture of yeah, like the, the thumbnail. And I was like, that's yeah. all I need to see. I don't know. Oh, I you didn't, so you, so you didn't watch the video? No, I, I couldn't. Yeah. I watched, I, watched, I watched it once and I watched it with the sound off. You know how Facebook auto plays it? Yeah. Because it was like every single post on my feed was that. Yeah. You know, I saw like pretty... a string of pictures. Yeah. Which I think yeah. summed up the event for me. Yeah. Um, but, but, you know, I mean, like I, I, you know, you're right. Like a lot of videos, if you're living in this age, then you're going to get inundated by this, um, especially if you're like on all the social media. And I remember, you know, not too long ago, and I think it's still happening where all these like video accounts of, you know, black students and black people getting be- beat up by like police and classrooms and this and that. And I would watch 
I would watch them all, and I just I can't do that. <laughs> yeah, right. and the UC Davis, like the cop that was yes, pepper exactly. spraying the kneeling students. I mean everything. Occupy, you know like, what yeah. I mean? Like that, and I've talked about this before, and it's still kind of the same thing of what it's the fear is that it's desensitizing us. But I don't at this point I don't think so. But it's I feel like it's just kind of just trauma. Yeah, we mm-hmm. keep seeing this stuff over, and it's it's not even about the fact that we know that it exists theoretically, but then to watch it, kind of experiencing it firsthand. Um, the volume at which we're consuming this on like a daily basis, right? Yeah, exactly. That's why I just like, I'm all about <laughs> therapy and mental health, man. I was like, literally, I think all of us could benefit from like having a professional and remove that stigma because th- this is stuff that we're, we're going to continue to see. I don't see it personally like going away or yeah. slowing down. Yeah. But um, this one in particular was so hard hitting for people of color, especially Asian Americans who got really um, up in arms about it. Right. Obviously because it was so terrible, like obviously. Yeah. And everybody felt that it was terrible, not just Asian Americans. I mean, I want to talk a little, little bit about the reactions. We've had time mm-hmm. to process a little bit and mm-hmm. um, things have come to light. And like, first of all, this was a classic example. This is going to be a case study in the future for business school for how not to do PR. Oh hell yeah! Oh hell yeah! (laughs) Like all wrong. (laughs) This stuff happens, and race is involved. You apologize ASAP. You try to like kind of make things right because, um, I mean, this is a a situation where they followed their company policy, but by choosing to for like to invoke this policy to remove the customer instead of offering them more to like you know make it worth his while, you cost your company instead of like a couple thousand dollars. Millions and millions of dollars. I think they're like two hundred something yeah. million dollars in a day or something, or in like a couple days. Yeah, because people like the, because of stock. Because the CEO the, didn't didn't um, well, was defending was it. And, yeah, he was like he took too long to admit fault. Or I mean, it's the company itself. Like technically, here's the thing: technically, didn't do anything wrong in the eyes of the law, right? But in the eyes of like moral people yeah like it's a a huge thing and that that affects your so um i guess one of the things i i I hear a lot is how does what the stock price mean like i love how like you're you're like (laughs) putting your mba lens on well it's basically like stock price is the what the market determines is your your the value of your company Mm -hmm. like it takes into account everything you, your company makes from now to the future, and it creates like an algorithm based on inflation, and whatever. You're worth X amount of dollars. Yeah, and then basically, because the market has decided that this incident will cost your company X amount of business, your ex, your your company now is worth less because it will make that much less money. So that's why stock price goes down. I mean, that's okay. Here's yeah. my thing: is like I, I'm looking at this whole thing on a very very humanistic. Um, Right. Ethical, th- ethical lens, but I understand that what speaks now in, in capitalistic <laughs> global society is dollars, right? right? So that's the hit that United is going to take is that they got a buttload of money, future money taken away because of the way that they handled this problem. Right. Well, I mean, out of out of all the you know posts on Facebook, and I actually haven't gotten a chance to talk about it with with anybody, with any of my friends, mm-hmm. but just purely from a social media point of view, I think. The main point was that, you know, it's why would why would United just randomly choose an Asian? Like, why this person? Yeah. Um, And, you know, like like to your point earlier, why did they have to use brute force to the point where he was bleeding? Um, I mean, I did. I didn't watch it, but I do know that he was literally dragged off. So, yeah, he was like knocked out. And yeah. And 
I think I think one friend of mine I um, on social media at one point was like, you know, he <laughs> this doctor wasn't you know it's obviously not black but he was kind of treated like a black person for right. that one right. moment or so, you know that horrific incident I don't know it was just, just all these um, right yeah, yeah and for so that that's that's the other side of the reaction that's come out once we've got a chance to process this is that whether or not like the the doctor might as well have been chosen at random. But mm-hmm. because of our experiences as minorities, as people of color, um, we have this innate feeling that because he was Asian, that affected how he got treated. Well, yeah. it's, right? it was very obvious that, yes, yeah. for sure. That's like... That there's um, some implicit like right. bias or stereotype that, oh, this is an Asian dude. Or he's going to be, gonna, he's he's gonna be gonna difficult be, or whatever. Yeah. And then and then on top of that, it's really like, for me, a lot of the arguments that I, I paid attention to, I mm-hmm. guess, in the aftermath was um, the way the media was portraying all of right. this, right? Like the, they started the victim blaming yeah, right yeah, away, trying to like, find dirt. Oh, his, his yeah. background, I'm like, and then uh, they, they dug the, the dirty background of a different Dr. David Dow. Yeah. Like So first they didn't do journalism <laughs> right and then they got it. And wrong. then they pulled the y'all look y'all not even y'all look the same, but you have the same names, right? But because God forbid there's more than one like John Smith. I mean, whatever. <laughs> but in, in any case, it was just kind of like that the people of color argument. Um, one was that why does that any of his background matter? Like he's just a person, right? He's a paying customer who had a seat. And if anybody like was in that position and treated thus, like this is irrelevant media clickbait garbage. You're just like yeah. tarnishing his like you're, you're you're mentioning stupid nonsensical stuff to like in some way justify the way he was treated. It's the same thing with like the, you know, using mugshots instead of a high school photo. Exactly. For Stanford criminals. kid, like, that mofo and a slap in the face. I know a lot of, you know, <laughs> our, our African American family like are like, dude, this happened to us for years. Right. And that was the um, other thing. Yeah. That people were like, hey, Asian people are getting all like pissed off about this incident. Imagine this happening over and over and over again yeah. and y'all like don't even speak up about that for the black community. Just saying like yeah. there's a lot of that as And well. I kind of want to say like but let us get pissed off about this because now we know, yeah. right? Now, like, you know, if, even if the majority right. of us don't get, like, quote-unquote woke about this, a lot of us did, right? Yeah. A lot of us... Well, some you know, of us already were. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm sorry, I think that sounds like a total ass thing to say. Like, I was already woke. But yeah. I'm just saying, like, to some people, it's not a novel concept and not a novel, empathetic feeling of, like, that's... Even though I'm not black, like, I can identify. That's right. not right, you know? And then... But now, for a lot of other people, this was an awakening moment, perhaps, you know, to say, right. oh, damn, like, yeah. not okay. And that fire and that anger, that feeling of injustice... Maybe you know who knows how much that expanded there. Yeah, right. Everything, their scope. I mean, I'm yeah. I mean, it, it, it like kind of went viral in China. Oh, too, really? Yeah. Right. I didn't know mm-hmm. that. It, yeah, yeah, yeah. It did. Yeah. It like uh, a lot of a lot um, of Chinese internet. Yeah. On WeChat, which is yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, a lot of Chinese internet um websites are you know circling it around and and I was just thinking I was like and and then United issued an apology. Wow. Shortly wow. after, and I'm just thinking. Like how much of it was, you know, true or genuine or sincere. Right. How much of it is, is it's it all goes back. Right, to right, right. And I just wonder. Exactly. I mean, you know, that's the thing. You 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 stop the bleeding by issuing the apology, and then you deal with the fallout. Well, right? they just dealt, well yeah. clearly again business case. It is a clear textbook example of what not to do in PR. And it was really funny. And this makes me think of you, Michelle, because like there is a my friend Billy who works at LinkedIn. 
he he posted. I think there was a LinkedIn posting for a job opening in publicity at the San at Francisco yeah. office of United. Someone and I don't know if it was real. I wonder if someone was just trolling, but it was hilarious. I a PR disaster of that magnitude. No. Someone got fired. Oh hell yeah, for sure. But that's kind of just gonna yeah. Just be sincere and say sorry, like right. and and acknowledge the gravity of the magnitude of what you did. Yeah, because like, right. I feel like whenever you fall behind, like oh, we didn't do anything wrong according to the rules. That means that deep down, you know, you did something wrong. You just like you, you need yeah. something to hide behind, you know. <laughs> And a Absolutely. lot of people, that's what people in power do. They hide behind rules and technicalities and, you know, loopholes and stuff. That were yeah. made for them. So. <laughs> um, on to more exciting news. Uh, what's on your mind, Michelle? Well, I was thinking of talking at this roundtable about Kelly Marie yes! Tran, who, yeah, as we all now know, is in the new Star Wars movie. She's- and... Yeah, well, she because you know, like when you're when you get cast in a Star Wars movie, you can't say anything about it until literally it comes out. Then you're like, oh, by the way, I'm in. <laughs> especially this. these da, da, da. days, especially like a J.J. Abrams like yeah. new Star Wars, new like these new geekdom movies, like which is awesome, yeah. right? Um, I do want right. to ask, as a baby of the '90s, what's what is your um experience with the Star Wars? The Star Wars with Star Wars, <laughs> I. Honestly, watched a bit of it when I was younger, but I can't remember. Did you watch the original <laughs> one? Did out. you watch? I know with George Takei. George Takei, right? No. He, or, that's no, Star that's Star Trek. Trek. Yeah. Oh my god! I, oh my god! You're I'm totally fine. I'm dark. in the same boat. Just, just no, that. Can I just be completely honest with y'all? I'm, gonna, I'm just going to be completely honest. Okay, I don't really know that much about. Star I'm, Wars. I've been learning, I, honey. My my I, last like what ten years of my life is like my education in Star Wars. I didn't watch it as a kid or anything. Really, like that. it's okay. Yeah, I, I watched it every day in middle school. <laughs> <laughs> so the two of us are sitting with a complete Star Wars. Thing. I know what the complete. Yeah, so there's balance like, here, but we're learning. There is. Like, but I I remember my family had the DVDs. I just never really watched them as much, I guess. But anyways, I, yeah, I I feel so bad because I feel like it's such a huge part of our culture. But that's, but I think so, it's really you know, cool yeah. because now, right now, we're in this kind of like evolution of it. It's like, I think it's so amazing to take a film from so long ago that's had such a huge impact culturally and to kind of like have it grow up and ev- like literally evolve like this many decades later, yeah. I think that's amazing. Because especially you keep that love alive. Yeah, especially in this new Hollywood lens, and you know, and it's well we, done. We talk about this a lot. It's like Disney's really killing it in terms of like inserting diversity into its products, um, because like mm-hmm. you know, with Andy Mac, with Fresh Out the Boat, now with Star Wars and all their other things, like Kelly Marie Tran being a principal character in this new movie is a huge deal. Like I remember when I was a kid watching Return of the Jedi, and like they had that one Asian like. A-wing pilot, and I was like, "That's all we had." <laughs> yeah, and he died. Really? That's what I was this whole thing ask. was him oh, dying. Died. Yeah. Oh no, he oh, died. No. <laughs> His entire screen time was him getting shot down. Oh no. He had two lines. One was, "There's too many of them," and the other one was, "Ah." <laughs> By the way, sorry, we just got a text. Will says he wishes he was here. FYI, Michelle, he's like, oh. and he's sad face, oh. crying face. Aww. That must mean his audition didn't go well. No, that means he's killing it. No. He's like, I'm just sitting no. in the waiting room. I'm sure he's yeah. killing it. Um, but it's it's so crazy. And uh, we actually got connected with um, 
with Kelly. Kelly. Sorry, I was like, I'm talking <laughs> to Michelle. And I, her middle name is Marie. I was thinking of M, sorry. So we got connected with uh, Kelly last year um, because we got the inside scoop that this was happening. And it was so freaking cool. Mm-hmm. And um, But she was off shooting, so we couldn't touch base but we ran into her i didn't were you, were you there we were there too, yeah. yeah she was she got she was at the asian af show yeah. yeah so that's where we we met her in person which was so cool and it would have been awesome michelle if you were there um she's like the nicest person she's hilarious she seems so i've seen a couple interviews that she's done and she seems so genuine and like so yeah warm. she totally is <laughs> so when she got she pulled she yeah. volunteered to go up on stage for a segment a comedy segment and then she said her name i was like she looks she looks familiar. I was like whispering. I was like, is that her? Is that her? I was freaking out. So yeah, yeah it's really mm-hmm. exciting. And and her character sounds very, it's like a meaty character. We were afraid that she was going to be like CG. Like, you know, um, Lupita Nyong'o was turned into like a CG Yoda alien. Oh, okay. We were like, oh, oh God. I, hope, I hope they don't turn her into an alien. Not that that wouldn't be cool, but then that would kind of, you know, then we'd say, oh, it's her voice. Yeah. It's not her. Yeah. Right. Wait, Michelle, did you watch the last Star Wars movie? Then, so have you watched the recent ones? Uh, These are JJ no, Abrams. I have not. Yeah, yeah. I recommend. Like, okay, I'm coming to you sincerely from like a non-Star Wars geek, but like, I'm pretty I, sure she was mm-hmm. a Star Wars hater for the longest. I wasn't time. a hater. It's just like sci-fi didn't really interest me. That's true. It wasn't like the the extent of my sci-fi was Back to the Future, which is Ninja's Bread and Butter is rom-coms, which they don't make anymore. Neither. Not true. It's drama and rom. But I I loved like I loved adventure. Indiana Jones, Back to the mm. Future, you know, whatever. But like sci-fi purist, like sci-fi, I wasn't super into. But I really recommend them, Michelle, because they're really again. It's like well, stories okay. are good. It's it's not impossible to follow. I'm like, oh, I mean, Star Wars is like happening. a space opera fantasy. Like it's about like mm. space wizards, and you know, your face is a space wizard. <laughs> then I will definitely, definitely. Give it a shot. I mean, I'll I'll definitely. Oh yeah, she's like, I'm gonna go <laughs> wear a shirt and all yeah. the things. Oh, exactly. I'm wearing this shirt well, first. I mean, that's the we should all we if anything we should all come out just to support Kelly. I love it. Anyways, we'll be uh we're gonna take a quick break and then we're gonna come back to talk with Michelle more about the feel good show of the year. They're <laughs> <laughs> so stupid. Thirteen reasons why. We'll be right back. Cheerful show. Hey everyone, it's Marvin. Uh, just wanted to thank everyone for listening to this episode of the Collabcast. The Collabcast, of course, is part of Collaboration, a national nonprofit organization supporting Asian Americans in the arts and entertainment. Discovering, developing, showcasing, and connecting the creative talents of the API community. Learn more about Collaboration, our programs, and our content by going to our website at www.collaboration.org. And don't forget that's Collaboration with a K. A few collaboration updates know that the Collaboration 2017 season has kicked off with the completion of Collaboration Detroit this past Friday. Congratulations to Matt Kong, the singer-songwriter who won Collaboration Detroit and will have a chance to come out to L.A. in November for the Collaboration Star Finale. For those of you in the Dallas-Fort Worth area, Collaboration Dallas is holding their annual showcase auditions tomorrow, April 22nd at the Best Thai Diner at 9170 LBJ Freeway, Dallas, Texas. If you're an up-and-coming singer, songwriter, rapper, poet, or musician, and would like your chance for an Oxman's paid trip to Los Angeles for the Collaboration Star finale, um, be sure to check it out. Uh, more details can be found at the Collaboration Dallas Facebook page. In other news, Collaboration is a proud partner of the Los Angeles Asian Pacific Film Festival, presented by our friends at Visual Communications. The festival kicks off next Thursday, April 27th, and runs until the following weekend. 
as a community partner, Collaboration is presenting two films during the festival. The first is Save My Soul, the first full-length documentary from our friends at Jubilee Project, which is premiering at 5 p.m. on Saturday, April 29th at the Arakani Theater in Little Tokyo. The following day, Collaboration is also presenting Mele Murals, a documentary on the transformative power of modern graffiti and art and ancient Hawaiian culture for a new generation of Native Hawaiians. The film is playing on Sunday, April 30th at 5 p.m. at the Japanese American National Museum in Little Tokyo, Los Angeles. These two are very different but very necessary films about the power of art and stories, um, and we hope to see you there. Catch these movies and the rest of the amazing lineup at the Los Angeles Asian Pacific Film Festival by getting a ticket at their website, festival.vconline.org. And on a related note, the Collabcast is part of the Potluck Podcast Collective, a collective of Asian American podcasters and podcasters highlighting unique stories from the Asian American community. The Potluck Collective is also a media partner with the Los Angeles Asian Pacific Film Festival and will be holding a live podcast lounge during the first weekend of the festival. So that's Saturday, April 29th and Sunday, April 30th from 1 p.m. to 4 p.m. at the Far East Lounge, which is also the Festival HQ. We'll be presenting six live podcasts, including on Saturday, April 29th, we'll be presenting live podcasts of the Saturday School Podcast, This Filipino American Life, and our podcast, The Collabcast. And on Sunday, April 30th, we'll be presenting live recordings of Fresh Creatives, The Call is Bruce, and Yo, Is This Racist? The Potluck Collective is very excited to be given a chance to provide a platform for Asian American podcasts. And if you're in the LA area and have been enjoying our podcast so far, we hope that you come and join us. To stay updated on The Lounge, please follow the Potluck Podcast Collective via our Facebook page and Twitter handle, as well as sign up for our newsletter. The live podcasts are open to the public, so please come check us out. And with that out of the way, let's get you back to the show. Thanks again for listening to The Collabcast. And welcome back to the Cloudcast. It's episode 116 um, for April 21st, 2017. I'm Marvin here with my co-host Minji and our guest Michelle Celine Ong of the new Netflix series 13 Reasons Why. Why? Welcome, welcome, welcome. Now, I haven't, I, I, I already disclosed this earlier in the episode, but I haven't watched this yet, but um, it's on my to-watch list. I'm kind of working my way through the expanse right now mm-hmm. What's and the expanse? it's a sci-fi okay of series. course you, sci-fi geek mm-hmm. it's really really good i go for the high drama you go for the this story. is high drama this is like the new well, um, yeah. new Battlestar, like galactica uh, level yeah sci-fi oh. does have drama it's just yeah it's different stop looking down on i'm not looking down i'm not hating i i love i heart sci-fi heart, <laughs> heart, 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 hearts everywhere yeah but minji you've been watching this show yeah um damn Oh, by the way, Kendrick Lamar, damn. Oh, my God. Oh, my gosh. Side note. Oh, I'm, <laughs> I'm in pieces over that album. And I like, know. I uh, oh, my gosh. Okay, like. I love that talking. I struck a chord because she she mentioned earlier she's like I'm a hip hop rap I was like okay then that music video with Don Cheadle is real good it's so good yeah. that I'm album is good that DNA music oh my god DNA yeah. oh my god. Uh, this just made me so happy I watched oh I watched god. Humble when it first came out I was yes like, what the hell is going on he's so I know like, he's outdone himself. Again, <laughs> I'm so jealous of everyone at Coachella. I mean, like, I don't know if I'd ever go to Coachella, but like, I would if he was there. <laughs> That's know? a 
<laughs> this year I was like, I'm not going to pay all that money because I've gone three times and it's really, it is really yeah. fun. Yeah. Um, if you like that kind of environment, I, I love it. But like, I was like, I'm not going to spend. But then when I heard about that, Kendrick mm-hmm. Lamar performing humble, I was like, well, that's Yay! true. Cause, um, Beyonce <laughs> dropped down and I was like, eh, Coachella's over. Yeah. 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 Right. Well, I've also over. seen Beyonce we don't, need, live we don't need to go to Coachella cause Beyonce's not going. And then Kendrick Lamar drops his album. It's like, shit, we should have sold our tickets. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we still have a weekend too. Okay. So we got sidetracked, but damn. Oh yeah. my God. Damn. damn. Um, but um, for me, this, I don't know, it was, it, it's kind of a generational thing of like, oh, if this is a school, but I heard the premise of the story. Um, our friend Keiko is in it. Mm-hmm. And, um, Keiko. you know, I was, yeah. And I was like, for multiple reasons, I was like, I'm really intrigued by this. And I didn't know the premise of the book that it's based on and things like that. So, but I watched episode one and I, you know, just got, I got sucked in. Mm-hmm. Sorry, that was my phone. I need- How dare you? Uh-huh. Silence thine phone. We are recording <laughs> Skype through my phone. And then you leave your sound I on. know. <laughs> I, I swear I'm a podcast just, professional. Yeah. yeah. You yeah. just made it past episode six? Or are you yeah. on episode six? Um, I just, I'm right at the end of episode six. Um, yeah, so it's, it's heavy. How many episodes are there? 13. 13. Oh, okay. 13 reasons mm-hmm. why. Oh, is each episode a reason? Yes. Yeah, each episode is dedicated to a person. A person oh. who is a, a reason or multiple okay. reasons. Yeah. Um, so it's, I mean, um, the guy who wrote the book, and I know there's there's some criticisms, but like what I'll say about just, ugh, it, it touched upon, a, it's just very real. Like it's very different. It fascinates me from an actor's standpoint and just from like generational watching different art forms. Like when I was in high school, you're watching a lot more sitcoms, right? Like that Mm -hmm. was the TV that we consumed. And then it was sitcoms with different deeper elements thrown into it here and there. But mostly it's like lighthearted. It's funny. This is like a very heavy, dark topic of suicide, of bullying, of... Just, yeah, you know, being even a like our you know our Saturday morning like specials were they they touched on dark, dark topics, but in a very like family friendly way. You know? Yeah, because yeah. they have to be very gentle. You know. Yeah, that's and, so interesting. Yeah, so like I grew up with a different type of with different content, right, and different uh, art, and so it, for this for this the thing that I really appreciate it is you know it's a realer depiction of what it's like to be a teenager. Mm-hmm. Um. And I love that they allow cursing and, you know, like that's just these are teenagers <laughs> like mm-hmm. they they have these crazy chaotic emotions. They're they're figuring things out. They're dealing with a lot. Um, so, yeah, just right off the bat, I just want to say that was one of the best parts that I I really appreciate right off the bat with this show. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but, Michelle, how how did this come about? Like, how did you get involved with this? Because well, and it's kind yeah. of a crazy story because. We talk about all the time how, you know, in in this industry, networking and connections are so important and that's how you're going to land your next job and this and that. And I remember when I first heard that, you know, starting off college, I went to Fordham University in New York and Lincoln Center, hearing that and thinking, oh, yeah, sure. okay," because I'm just like, I need to put my nose to the grindstone and just work. Um, But it's it's so true because how I got it is um, I got it through an open call. Right, a uh, Fordham alum who works at Barton Schnee, the casting office that worked on this project in New York, uh, sent out an e-blast to all of the soon-to-be graduating seniors and was like, you guys should submit for this. Nice. Um, yeah, and so like at first, I was just like, this is such a fluke. But then I Googled it. And I'm like, nope, it's real. So I, <laughs> this is lies. So I, this is all yeah, lies. Yeah, so I like I, I 
got two of my friends and we recorded together. And actually some people in my class thought it was a fluke and like didn't, which, which like broke my heart because it's, you know, just Google it. It's there. But I, I did it. I sent it in and then I didn't expect it. I didn't expect anything, you know, from it. And then three weeks later I was sitting in a cafe and I just got the email from Barnachne saying, Oh, we want you to come in for, for Courtney. And I was like freaked out. I freaked out. Huh? Huh? Yeah. Again? What? (laughs) I like, I had to actually rub my eyes. I just, I don't know. It was just too unreal. So were you cast (laughs) or like, so then you're called in to do like a Well, yeah, I was called in. Well, I was called in for a director slash producer session. So I walk into Barton Schnee on the day of my callback, I guess. And I walk into this, you know, shoebox size casting room where they had the camera set up and the casting director's there. And then in a semicircle <laughs> right across from me was Tom McCarthy, Brian Yorkie, and Diana Sun. And I was just, I walk into that was just like, honestly, I think I was really terrified for the first minute or so. But they were just all so warm and you can tell. I mean, obviously, they're all great artists. Like, look at look at all the work that they've done. And knowing, you know, knowing Diana's son, particularly, and Brian Yorkie, who's, you know, this award-winning author. It was just amazing. But um, so I got in, and I, I read for them, and Tom worked with me for a little while. And and then I left, and I, you know, I honestly was just like, don't don't think about it. Because, you know, as an actor, you go in your audition, you do the best work that you can, and then you all you have to do is just, you can do nothing else but to fly. just like, right, like leave it into their hands. There are so many factors outside of your control that you can't even think about, oh, you will go crazy. So I just, <laughs> you know, so I just like left and then I didn't hear anything for like almost, I think, three weeks. Oh my God. Yeah. That would and drive then, me crazy. Yeah. It, it, it drove me nuts. Cause I mean, like, how could I not think of it? Like it was, it was amazing. I, when I got the call back, I read the book. I loved what I um, saw of the sides and I really, really respected the people who were behind it. So yeah, I, I, yeah. And it was, it's funny too. It's so funny how like these coincidences happen because I went to college with one person in the show, um, Tommy Dorfman who plays Ryan Shaver. And I I've also known Brandon Flynn who plays Justin Foley for a while. So when Brandon like, I don't know, announced that he was cast. I was just like, oh my God. They I get to be in this with my friend. <laughs> well, no, no, no. Well, well, when he said that he got cast, I hadn't heard anything yet. So I was just like, no. Oh, no. no. <laughs> you got no. cast and I did it. <laughs> yeah, so Wait. we had that conversation where he was like, oh, you you know, like, it's going to be great for me. And I'm like, no, I know. Everybody's journey is different and blah, blah, blah. But then, <laughs> so I had that conversation with him. But then two days later, I, I, I was sitting in another cafe and I didn't tell anyone about my callback, anyone, not even my parents so I was sitting in a cafe with my friend and I saw that I had missed a call from LA and the voicemail was like this is so-and-so from Paramount if you call us back and I freaked oh out and I was God. like I gotta go I gotta go <laughs> out <laughs> to the street I can't you can't talk to me right now so I called them back and, I, and the lady on the other end because I, I didn't have an agent on the other end was just like yes we'd like you to be Courtney can you fly out like two days later I was just like I literally in the middle of like Ninth Avenue just like kind of broke down a little bit and of course oh that's, my when, God. that's when like people that I knew people it was like such a crazy moment I'll never forget it because people that I knew like uh, a group of people who were on their way to reading an old friend that I hadn't seen in a, in a long time just sort of like oh hey what's up Michelle as I was on the phone and I was like I can't, <laughs> I can't talk right now again. you don't exist get out of my life yeah. <laughs> like, oh my god okay, yeah, and, wait you don't cafe. have an agent no, you don't have an agent no, oh I'm my sorry. god well at the time I didn't have an agent so I just 
I literally submitted through an open call. I was just like, Here well, you I'm go. sure you have an agent now. Yeah. But like, yeah. that's, that's crazy. I do not. It's too I love this story. crazy. And I just, that's such I, a Cinderella I, story. I still can't believe it. And, and so I like, I told my friend who was with me and she's like, what are you talking about? So I told her really quickly, like literally screamed in the middle of this cafe. <laughs> I don't know. It was, it was crazy. And I love telling the story because it still exhilarates me. Like that actually happened Michelle, to you. That's awesome. You give us, you give many of us, I, and I was just telling Michelle that I'm an actor as well. It was like all these like big dreams, like miracles do happen. And it's <laughs> awesome. You just have to be ready to be ready. Right. And you, right. you took right. that opportunity. You just like jumped at it. It's awesome. Yeah. I don't recall who said this to me or where I read this, but I, it, it, it has stuck with me for so long as, is success happens when luck and preparation meet and you, yeah. you should always be prepared, obviously, but you're not always going to be right for the part. And so, yeah. this, you know, this was just one instance where, yeah, I just, I just happened. I love it. I feel your exhilaration so palpably. I'm, like, <laughs> I'm exhilarated. That's so cool. Yeah. I mean, what's great about um, this series too is like the producers. I, I read that the producers went out of their way to like make sure the cast was diverse, that it reflected, you know, a multicultural um, high school. Yeah. Um, and the fact that uh, you know um, your character, um, Keiko's character, and um, Ross, the other Asian guy, yeah, um, their characters all have like on on in the book like their Caucasian. Surnames, like they're not yeah, Asian they're not surnames. Asian yeah. surnames, yeah, not at all. And, and and Courtney, her character is adopted, and she's adopted by two gay dads, and mm. so like that's a huge part of her story too. And like they they brought in a lot of different elements and really grounded them and made them so real. And that's again when I say great art does it just humanizes all these things that are like theory and things that you read about and mm. like you know people that are in San Francisco versus or somebody out in like what like Arlington, Texas, like hmm. they're going to watch the same thing and they're going to they're walk away change from that. Right. Yeah. Um, so this was your first role, right? Your, your yes. first major role. Yeah. Um, Cause you're, 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 you're a baby. You're like <laughs> fresh out of school. <laughs> I am a baby. <laughs> a baby. Um, well trained. And you've been like since yeah. high school. Yes, I have. <laughs> she been getting ready to be ready. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It took Minji like a couple years till she was decided Yes, I am an actress. Oh, God. That was like, you know, it took decades. <laughs> like, what? No, but no. you knew this early, right? How was, um, how did, this is a question with like, this is such an Asian American question. I was like, how did your parents react to that? It's <laughs> the, this, the yeah, Asian. No. It's like, what did your parents say? When, when you said you go to an arts magnet school. Mm-hmm. For, High school. For theater. Right. Yeah. Not violin or. <laughs> well, it's funny because my, actually my parents have always been supportive and of, of what I have been inclined to do. Like since I was little, I've always like to perform and I guess they saw that and just it was my mom actually who you know signed me up for the audition to get into school of the arts so if it weren't for her I don't think I'd be where I am right now like she was the one who's like you like performing do you want to audition for the school I was like okay for theater or for dance oh my god that's awesome theater and so yeah that that totally happened and they've always always been supportive um that's you know so but like being asian they're always like uh, don't forget you know like if there's uh, you need a backup plan or you know <laughs> <laughs> meet some doctors or lawyers or you know you can always do this and that but they're always like follow your passion because people will see that and will respect that and want to be around that yeah. so i guess i, I love uh, how you went to the asian mom boys yeah. yeah another part of showing all their friends oh yeah netflix <laughs> my daughter's on there that's my daughter it's Thanks. so it's bye so i mean <laughs> You know, I, I love them. We were just like at the Grand Canyon and like because of the show, some some, you know, kids or tweens have been recognizing me and they've just been like, oh, like my mom to to our 
tour guide at the Grand Canyon was like, this is my daughter. Do you have Netflix? <laughs> you watch- oh, my God. That's adorable. <laughs> watch 13 Reasons Why. <laughs> I can't wait. I can't wait for that to be my mom somewhere. <laughs> yeah. That's so cute. I love it. And I, I, I don't know. We need to have more stories like this. Because well, there's, yeah. there's a lot of – this a mixed bag of the support or not support. Yeah. I mean – It's part of the journey. I did like a acting workshop in, in high school. But that was more because my parents didn't really care. As long as I was keeping my grades up, they're like, "I'll do what, do whatever, do extra curricular, extra curricular, good yeah. for your college application." Yeah, you my mom's I mean? the one who got me into theater as a child because it was an extracurricular, and she's yeah. just like, "Oh!" And then she found that like I memorized lines and I like being up on, like I enjoyed it. And, and then she was like, what she's like "Oh time? God, what did I do?" You know? yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they had their, uh, they had their moments where they were like that, but <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, well, so there's one thing I have to ask as well, because a lot of the hoopla around this, um, I think, really brought a lot of attention in a very mainstream way. Obviously, I mean, without this, I think the show itself would have, like, there's there's so much depth and it's great acting and a great story. So I think it would have done well on its own. But a huge element of what was getting publicity was the fact that Selena Gomez was attached to the project as executive producer, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, and... Um, she was saying that I actually didn't read or watch too many of her interviews. I saw kind of headlines saying that she felt very personally connected to um, the lead character and things like that. And it is talking about suicide and bullying. Um, and again, it kind of goes back to what are young people now dealing with? Like, this is a reality of like, imagine being like, I struggle with this being a grown ass woman okay and and it still gets under my skin it still makes i still get really self-conscious i get it stresses me out to the point where i'm like this is i you know we all do this we go through waves of like i need to delete facebook i need to get off social media i need like a detox because it gets to you right but then now this story is about growing up with that like growing up with cell phones where you can like you know, you can quickly send pictures and like spread rumors or whatever. Yeah. This is like layers and layers of stuff that I cannot even fathom dealing with as a, as a teenager. I mean, as a teenager, we, right? Yeah. When we were growing up, like different cliques, like there was the campus gossip machine. But if you if you have your crew, you can kind of isolate yourself from that, right? You don't have to know what other people are doing or talking about. To a degree, yeah. Right. Like not to the same I knew there's this whole party scene going on that I had no like connection to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, <laughs> what is that? <laughs> I'm into watching Star Wars. <laughs> hearts, Marvin Hearts. I love, you. I love you. <laughs> I, I was past Star Wars in high school. Okay, fine, you're over it. Yeah, but uh, I was on a different nerdier shit. Well, it sounds like well, Michelle, it sounds like you had like a really positive high school experience. But like, I guess when you are working on this project, you can, you have to dive into all of that, right? And mm-hmm. um, re- live these characters' lives. And so, I guess I'm just curious, like how that dynamic worked and like bringing all of these really dark elements um, and bringing, making them human and um, living that different life. And your character goes through a lot. Uh, I don't want to spoil everything, but um, what was that like? It was um, interesting to work with the situations because, you know, I, 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 I'm with you on, on the whole, you know, idea that there is a generation now that will never know what it's like to live without a smartphone or like social media constantly, you know, just like bombarding you with all this information. And I think that the energy on set was very supportive for, you know, for all of it. Um, The team was very 
adamant on, you know, having healthcare professionals like available for us to talk to. And I think the cast is just really supportive. Um, but in terms of handling the subject matter, um, I, I don't know, it's kind of difficult for me to say, because uh, like I said, I, I personally didn't have a similar experience in high school. Um, I, I kind of like, you know, separated myself because I didn't really, I mean, I, I didn't fit in, but I wasn't an outcast. I think it was a bit more like clay, but um, okay. yeah. I you, like observe and you're there, but right, you're not yeah, I observed, in I was it. there. Yeah, exactly. And I lived an hour away, so I didn't really. I I did not go to a single party in high school. I went to school, went home, did my homework, did my extracurriculars. That was it. <laughs> wow. But um, I think I have a lot of points to connect to my character because Courtney is someone who um, I don't think this is spoiling anything, but is denying some very very important aspects of herself mm-hmm. and her true self, and mm-hmm. she's not living you know that's I think that's how she manages to get by day to day is by being this perfect pretty girl who is I really do think who is gen like wants to connect genuinely wants to connect mm-hmm. and cares about people and wants to be kind but the fact of the matter is that she's scared like she's yeah. much much too scared to be herself and and that's something that I think I connect to very well because um it, I mean it's such a cliche but it really does take a lot of courage to be your true self. Yeah. Um, even even now as an adult. And I remember growing up in high school and just wanting to fit in and failing. And then that's what made me sort of be like, okay, I'm just not going to try anymore. I'm just going to separate myself uh, and just work. But yeah, I, I think like exploring that part of myself through through her character made me, you know, recognize uh, <laughs> recognize some bits that I can still work on. And also, also a, a big point is... Um, her parents, her dads are obviously a huge influence on her. Yeah, and yeah. It, it's right. It's why she is who she is or a lot of who she is. Right. And, um, and that's something I can connect to very powerfully as well. Like trying to figure out who you are outside of your parents' world. And like what Which happened? I love, I mean, I right? love that. Cause like your character, I connect a lot with your character. I connect with all of them, honestly. Like right. that's the great thing with film and TV is like, you see yourself in everybody. You see like, oh, mm-hmm. that's, that's how this person and I are like, or, mm-hmm. oh, I wish I could be like as loud and boisterous and outgoing as that person. You know, like yeah, you kind of yeah, do yeah. a lot of self-reflection consciously or not. But mm-hmm. um, with your character in particular, I mean, again, as a grown woman, I still connect a lot with the struggles that she has and mm-hmm. still the parent thing. Still, again, grown grown up here, but mm. still dealing with like how to deal with all of that. And it's just fascinating right. to see the relationships that all these young kids in this show have with their parents. Because yeah. it's like watching the parenting part of like how – and it's just it, it just makes you reflect on relationships. Like how do we connect with each other? What do we right. know about each other? What are the secrets that we're keeping, et cetera? Right. From right. people who are supposedly the closest to us. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that goes into – you know, so – 13 reasons why the the entire premise is around uh, the aftermath of a suicide, mm-hmm. right? And it delves into, you know, things like how people's actions affect others, how, you know, when you're a teen, everything seems super important and everything mm-hmm. is like the worst, the best, or like, um, and there's there's been a lot of, of talk about just how, you know, how these subjects should be handled, like what's the right way to talk about this stuff? Like, you know, mental health is a huge thing that, you know, for a lot of people, there's even no access to or no, there's a huge stigma attached to it. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I guess from your perspective, like what's the thing you hope your show 
can teach about these things. Like I really, I just really hope it's exactly what you said, just to remove the stigma attached to it and have a more open conversation about these topics. Because I, I, I totally can you know relate to that, and I'm sure there are a lot of people in the world who feel like they can't talk about it because you know it's like if you're not, oh, then if you're not okay, then. You're just you're gonna go crazy. No, no. It's just that you need someone to talk to, and I just want people to know that they're not alone, and that there are resources and people who care. And that's what you know, Selena and all of our executive producers, all of our cast members, like really bonded. You know, because like who doesn't who doesn't feel that way at least once in their lives? Right. You know, it's it's it's, it's good to know that there is a community out there that that cares and wants to help. Right? And won't and, judge you and won't like... Yeah, and won't judge you, right. Yeah, and, and won't look at you a certain way. And I think that's such a... It's a it's a very uh, dangerous mentality. And a lot of us have it. And honestly, like, me personally, what I write about and like the stuff I'm going to create um, goes back to a lot of that. Like, this, it's a lot of secret stuff. And, uh, and you know, we, we, are, we talk about it jokingly and seriously throughout this podcast about like all the shame in Asian culture, mm-hmm. um, w- what it is to appear weak or unsuccessful or, yeah. you know, like you're not honoring X, Y, Z, or you're not being a good Christian X, Y, Z, or like you're not, whatever, whatever, uh, label you're supposed to like fulfill. It's, it, it's hard and it, it creates a tremendous amount of pressure. Mm-hmm. Um, and to have that story told in a truthful way, I think in, create dialogue that didn't exist before mm-hmm. and it can create people to feel a little bit safer. So maybe like you can't talk to your parents directly about it just yet, but you can talk to your friend about it. Right. Yeah, like, yeah. and you can use the show as a segue, be like, yo, I watched this episode, man. And it just <laughs> like really got to me. And that's, mm-hmm. that's the thing for me is like, I still feel as, as a grown up, like I'm still dealing with things from high school. And the funny thing is, um, <laughs> Michelle, like I love, I just, I really love hearing that people enjoyed high school because I really enjoyed it, but I also had had a double life. I was dating a really, really bad guy throughout mm-hmm. my entirety of high school. So mm-hmm. I feel like I, I got to observe, kind of like Clay, observe high school. I saw everything that was going on. Oddly, I was Courtney because I was the one planning everything and being like really socially integrated, but I was really isolated like the main character. I was not... It was so weird. So I just feel so. Minji's um, Minji's new show is called Minji's Thirteen Personalities. <laughs> it was though. It was, and that's okay. Like I'm trying to get into like talking about my life, but like it was scary and it was dark. And like there are times where, like, I was just too heavy. But like I was suicidal. Like by college, I was. Well, I've never said that out loud to like in a public sphere, but I was, and it was. Uh, See what this show does? It lets you release. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. and um, no one would think that. I, and the funny thing, the ironic thing is everybody that I ever have shared any of that part of my life with, they're like, you're the last person. You're the last person right. that I would think would th- feel and be going through something like that. And that's exactly the point. It's like you don't know exactly. what anybody's going through. You ne- that's, that's, that's one of the huge points of the show you know like you hear so much of these tropes like everything is everything that's one big thing but also you can never really know what anyone is going through and what I just you know uh, yeah so like I can't I can't talk to my I mean they know I go to therapy but they don't understand it my parents right and and what really irks me sometimes is how 
exactly that. Just like, oh, but you're so happy all the time. But I'm like, but that's what anxiety looks like. That's what depression looks like. You know, it's, it, you see all like these posters for like, like, oh, treat your depression or anxiety. It's all like these people who are with their heads down and their faces. But honestly, right. depression, anxiety looks like a smiling face. Like exactly. It's sparkly eyes. It's, you know, you, you really can never know. So. Right. Right. Uh, Marvin, I have to watch a show. Stop watching yeah. your sci-fi. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll get to it eventually. I still need to finish Great British Bake Off. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. So, Michelle, what's what? Do you have any like grandiose plans on the horizon? Is it? You know, are there future projects that you're you're creating? I mean, thank you. And also, we didn't even talk about you wearing the shirt and like how oh, much yeah. it meant to this yeah. movement that we've been, you know, uh, all of us have been part of in, in our different ways. Thank you for I blowing have, up Will's shirt. I that was going to be a big segment. <laughs> yeah, well, I it was completely unintentional, but I'm really, really glad it now. Now I realize I'm really glad it happened because, well, you know how it happened. I. Okay, so I was scrolling through Instagram and I follow Angry Asian Man, right? Because it's awesome. And I saw Mm -hmm. the shirt on it and I was like, that is a delightful shirt. Where can I get (laughs) it? And I followed it to his page and I instantly DM'd him. I was like, where can I buy your shirt off your back? And he was like, just send me $25. (laughs) And uh, yeah, so like he sent me one and I was like, this is awesome. And I was in a show at that time. So I was like to my castmate, yo, can take a picture of me? I'm going to pose like really serious, you know? And so so she did (laughs) it. And I just threw it up on Instagram, and this is five weeks before the show came out. And then that was that. But then when it came out, I mean, it sort of blew up. And then there was a synergy. Just, yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. They just found the picture and was like, oh my God, she's this, she's that. She speaks her mind. And all I literally did was wear a shirt. But I'm really, really glad that we're, that it's happened because we can talk more about this and hopefully we'll sell so many shirts that the website crashes. You're going to have to make some more. Well, I mean, oh my and, God, I love it. <laughs> I talked right? to them and. And you helped them pay rent this month, so thanks. Hey, <laughs> girl. <laughs> See, this is what, and this is okay. I'm all about that law of attraction thing, but you just went with what spoke to you. Do you know what I'm yeah. saying? And like that's what I think is so. I love hearing this story again. I hear love hearing all the stories of like moments of clarity when you just did what was right at that moment. Right, you weren't thinking of like I'm gonna make a movement. It's just like no, that show that shirt is dope. I need it. Give it to me. You went the yeah. full nine yards to get it. You got it, and then. And bam there you go that's like i think that's where magic happens yeah, yeah and absolutely. i'm so glad that that it was this shirt because like you know our friend will he runs this he runs asian af at ucb yeah, theater I've actually met and him. He, i don't know if he knew yeah that. you guys yeah. met i want to know we that met, story <laughs> we were at this aapi gathering um in la when i was there last week and i didn't know he was going to be there but then i looked at him and i was like oh my god you're oh, will nice. <laughs> I also I also met the other Michelle Ang when I was there. Okay, so there is another one because I I yeah. googled you like a few days yeah, ago and I was like, yeah, that's yeah. not her. Yeah, well, no, 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 no. Yeah. she's lovely, but like I, you know, I had to change my name to join SAG because of she was already she's like from New Zealand, but it's so oh, funny because we have a lot of similarities rule? in our lives. She has like, yeah, ties to South Asia, but I was like, I met her and I was like, oh my god! That's so we so had a awesome. nice chat. I was love really- it. Very cool. Well, it, was, it was great because you no know, Will doesn't make any money off of these shows. So like his merch yeah. and his he deserves every cent he gets and he deserves all the shine. And thank you. Thank you for for uh, helping him out. She oh, was awesome. moved. Yeah. She <laughs> was moved. I love I mean, it. I love my shirt. I will wear it to you know, <laughs> I wear it to every single interview I don't know, interview. <laughs> well, yeah. on that note, uh, we've been talking for about an hour now, so we gotta call it. Uh, mm-hmm. But thanks so much for joining us, Michelle. Thank uh, you so much. It's a great time talking L. with you. Yeah, with one L. 
<laughs> Michelle with one L. <laughs> if more, if people want to find um, more of your stuff or what you're doing next, then where can they go? I am on Instagram at Michelle Celine Ang, um, Twitter at Michelle Celine, and yeah, that's where I'll be updating most of my my plans, I suppose. Very awesome. cool. Yeah. For the rest of you guys, you can always email us at podcast at collaboration.org if you want to reach the podcast with any questions, topic suggestions, or uh, or feedback. Um, you can subscribe to our podcast on iTunes, Google Play Music, Stitcher, and wherever you find podcasts. Are we on Spotify yet? We're not on Spotify. We're going to be on Spotify soon. We're going to be on Spotify, you guys. <laughs> Just waiting for the onboarding process. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and. Yeah, that's it. Um, thanks to Travis the Trail for use of his song, Beautiful Deception. Deception. I was about to say disaster for some reason. I don't know. No. Why. Um, I had that moment too. <laughs> I was singing along with it and I almost said Beautiful Disaster. I was like, that's not right. <laughs> um, thanks for listening and we'll see you all next week. Thanks, Michelle. Bye. Thank you. Bye. Last time that you had-